Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the Invez podcast. I am your host Dan Ashmore, financial analyst here at Invez. Today I'm joined by Christopher Gozinski and Zavin Nahapetian. So they are the co-founders of Niche, um, which is a decentralized social media platform. Uh, now you guys have pretty interesting background. So Christopher, you co-founded Bumble and Tinder and, and Zavin, you are like a, a misinformation expert and, and you worked at Facebook. So uh, yeah, interested to get into this. But first of all, like what is a decentralized social media platform? Uh, that's that's a really good question. Uh, maybe we should start with what a centralized platform is. Uh, and that's that would be like legacy things like uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, even like Reddit, Slack, stuff like that. Uh, decentralized means, um, I think by definition, like uh, uh, distributed, right? Uh, ownership is distributed. Even the way uh, board uh, is, is a new... Uh, method on, on blockchain zevin can talk some more about that but uh it, it speaks to i think <clears throat> physically how things are stored and then i think idealistically how things uh are organized i would say okay. uh, a decentralized social network is a social network where you don't have one company that owns all the data and makes all the decisions so it's still a social network people can still post pictures make friends do whatever uh, but really, they have the power of all of that content, and they have the ability to take it with them and go somewhere else. If you wanted to leave Facebook today, you can't really, right? All that data is there. Sure, they provide ways to export it, but what do you even do with that? Whereas with a decentralized social network, you don't have one company that controls everything. Um, it also makes it easier to self-govern, self-moderate, um, and for your community to make your own decisions on how it's run. Yeah, so I, I think this is this is kind of interesting when you say like if you leave Facebook and it's all there because it's it's sort of topical given uh, obviously Elon Musk taking over Twitter and then people are talking about a bit silly but we're like yeah what if Twitter goes down like do we lose do I lose all my followers like what about my account so is that like kind of a perfect example of like the problems I guess with central centralized social media platforms and like what decentralization could fix one hundred percent yeah and, and even something like. Elon Musk taking over Twitter and making all these decisions, not many of them very wise. Uh, you're kind of at the mercy, right, of just one governing organization, in this case, one governing person. Uh, so the idea of decentralized social networks is to democratize that a little bit and protect against things like that. Mm -hmm. So like I just I just deleted my Twitter, actually. I don't I don't get down with what's going on. So I thought, well, I'm going to leave. But I've got 10 years worth of contacts and messages and and tweets and everything. And I I. I just had to leave that behind in a, in a decentralized system. Uh, all that content that I generated would live on like my wallet that I could literally unplug from that software and go take it someplace else. And all that content would still be there. That still is like my curated, you know, digital persona, but in the centralized version of it, like I, I left all that behind, which, which really sucks. Wow. That, that's pretty hardcore. You, you, you took the big step that, that everyone said they were going to do and <laughs> if you seem to follow through. It's a cesspool. It, it really got bad, like really quick. So um, I just didn't want to support that. So when you say like all your information is in a wallet, then uh, you can t take it wherever. Um, sounds great, obviously. Um, are, are there then many companies in this space? Like, are you just one of them? Like, could there be, could people have this data in their wallets and kind of bounce between them all? Or how, how does that work? Yes. Yeah. 
that's kind of the dream. So the way uh, a lot of people think about the space is there is the protocol layer and then there's the application layer. And the application is what the person actually uses. And if you think about more traditional tech companies, usually there only is the application. People only think about the application. So you have the Facebook app or the Instagram app or whatever. Um, but actually in the decentralized world, the thing that happens behind the scenes that powers all these applications is sometimes as or if not more important. Um, and the protocol is the thing that allows all these other applications to use that same data and provides the way for a person to move around between them. Um, and so there are a couple of initiatives, but because it's so much more complex, you have to not only build the application and build a protocol and think about privacy and support things down the future. Um, it's, 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 it's a little slow right now. I think we're just now starting to see traction in this space. Um, and what we're doing with Niche is we're actually building the application first and then focusing on the protocol to then inspire other people to be interoperable with our app, to even compete with our app. Um, but we're probably not doing that till a year or two down, down the line. Okay. So are, are there like a lot of other similar companies like competing in the space right now? Or is this like you say, like you say, it's, we're, we're just kind of getting into it. Is it still just all very, very new and there's no real established protocols? There's, there's really no established protocols. Um, and it's, it's good that you said it that way, because a lot of the people in Web3 Social right now are building protocols. Like Zavin said, we're focusing on uh, consumer product first, that that application, because we come from the world of like Web2, where like, we, we like network build and like, you know what I mean? Like we understand what mass adoption looks like. And a lot of people that are working in web three come from a, a very like engineering hard background. So uh, it's like, it's like very tech forward where consumer stuff is very like not tech forward. Like when you go on Facebook groups, do you really think about the tech stack underneath that's like powering all of it? Like not at all. It's, it's ubiquitous, right? Like I don't, I don't want to think about that. I just use it for the benefit it mm. provides. Um, so that's, that's kind of what's unique about us. There, there are definitely a lot of people playing in the space right now. Um, building protocols. Even um, Jack Dorsey from Twitter is building his own uh, protocol. Um, but who knows what those are going to look like, right? Because it's it takes a long time to build and there's no validation until someone builds on the application layer. Um, so we're getting all that consumer validation up front. Yeah. And, and like so to, to build on that, like when you say it takes a long time to build, like one, one of the, the biggest challenges, I guess, for starting any social media company is kind of the network effects of it and getting people and it's sort of like a chicken and egg problem in a way like you need people the, the more people on the platform the more valuable it is so i guess like what what is the plan to draw people onto this like new wave of, of social media um interest-based clubs very very short uh, way to describe that we're, we're putting everything in in like a new wrapper right kind of like reeling it back to like what we think social networking should have had taken off as so every everything is based on clubs you're in a club that represents an interest uh that's a, a big open general club and then you find some things about it that you like and find little niche premium clubs down the road uh that could be monetized uh could be exclusive there's uh, all sorts of content that you don't want to see in there maybe exclusive marketplaces uh brand sponsors uh, uh partnerships like that um so I think, I think by by us starting with that, it it changes the incentive structure. Rather than everyone having to shout really loud because we're all part of the same giant network, we're all in these small little networks that more more closely define us as people, and we're more likely to engage with. Okay, that's a an interesting route to take, I guess. Um, and like, I, so I'm to, I'm totally on board with like you know, it's a very easy vision to see, um, you know, centralized, I think almost everyone would agree that centralized, 
these big centralized uh, tech companies are, are wielding like, far too much power. Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and these type of characters are, are hardly uh, worshipped uh, these days. So, like, do you fear, though, that it's going to be so hard to pull? Like, like I know we just talked about how you're going to try set it up on niche, but yeah. is it a problem trying to, like, pull people away from Instagram and Facebook and all these sites? Or do you think that, like, this new decentralized Web3 social media version is going to, like, coincide and people might use both? Like, wh- I guess, what, what's the vision and plan that break that dominance of, of these big companies? Yeah, I, I think if we were just kind of like starting while we were at the peak of Web 2, we'd, we'd have like a, almost an impossible journey. But timing is really critical because all the legacy platforms are either like bleeding users or advertising or uh, advertisers are fleeing. Um, they've got bad public perception. Uh, like for the first time in in Facebook's history, they've they've like lost users. I mean, that's that's like a really huge signal. Um, and all of the the data that they're producing comes from like Facebook groups. But they they don't really have that monetized as well as they do like the the interpersonal connections uh, where like on the newsfeed that's where all the advertising comes in. Same thing with TikTok. It's it's not even really even a network, right? It's just like social entertainment while they're inter- interspersing kind of um, like commercials, like ads in between them. Uh, so rather than I think going after like person by person by person, we're we're looking at like uh, content creators, community leaders, groups that exist in real life already that are like doing social things. Uh, they're kind of like hacking together all these legacy platforms to try and do what they want to do, right? Like Facebook groups or like pr- private Slack channels, um, Discord. Every every community is like a link tree of eight different like centralized services, right? So I think the the uniqueness of this is it's all kind of built together. Um, and I think the the technology behind Web3 uniquely allows us to do everything, uh, like provide a marketplace, distribute ownership, give everyone like a vote uh, to really own your network. Yeah, and, and and so let's let's talk about the blockchain for a little bit. Like, ha, ha, this is obviously what makes like Web three possible. Like, what blockchain are you guys going to be running on? Yeah, we're building on Near, Near Protocol. And and why did you choose them? We looked at a few different ones. It's funny. It sounds Prussian now, but we were considering Solana at first. And I remember digging through their code, and I'm like, "This is bad news bears." Like, I, <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. And that's before you know, like the hacks and scandals and things like that happened. Um, but the you know the set of blockchains that are very fast and eco friendly. You know, they're not proof of work um, and relatively cheap, right? Like, if we are doing uh, thousands, millions of transactions, we can't be paying dollars for each one. They have to be yeah. in the fractions of cents. Um, and so that, that, that shortened the list down a little bit. And then looking through that at which ones actually seem technically legit and have a good developer ecosystem and the documentation makes sense. Um, and the people behind it seem like they know what they're doing. Um, and then, so that filtered it down to a couple and then near was just so supportive and they've been, uh, actually really fantastic ecosystem. They've been, uh, providing us with lots of resources and both technical and, and, you know, helping us in other things and, you know, inviting us to conferences and stuff. So yeah, we, we've loved every second of working with here. They're really big on transparency cool. too, for uh, just, just like facing towards the community. So uh, in light of like, I think everything that's going on with, you know, just generally like crypto winter and like the FTX scandals and stuff, uh, they're really big on transparency. So that's, that mm-hmm. really fits in line uh, with, with our tenants. Yeah, I, I think transparency is kind of the key word. And even when you look at what's happening now, totally. with like 
questions about the proof of reserves of Binance. And like, I mean, we shouldn't all be sitting around waiting on tweets from CEOs on Twitter to confirm that our, our funds are safe. Like, it's all kind of ironic, I think, like blockchain is going to solve all this. So I'm mm-hmm. with you there. Um, and, and just on that, like, do you fear, like, obviously there's, that's nothing. And I kind of stress this all the time, but to people not in crypto, they hear like cryptocurrency, they hear blockchain and they're like, oh my God, it's all gone. It's all a scam. It's all like gone mm-hmm. to zero. Look at all what's happening in the space. Like, do you fear almost like a guilt by association? Not, not necessarily a guilt by association. I think with any new technology, there is a gold rush that happens. I mean, we saw this in a dot-com bubble for sure, right? Where these absurd websites yeah. would slap a dot-com to their name and sell for tons of money. Um, and so it's unfortunately part of human nature. Like whenever something new comes out, like we're seeing that now start to happen with AI. Every single person wants to associate with that because it helps them brand themselves to make money and, you know, to seem like they're, they're at the bleeding edge of technology. Um, but when you take all that away, when you take away all the people who are opportunists, uh, at the end of it, you have a really, really cutting edge technology. You have the power to take tens of thousands of people, uh, you know, running their own nodes or computers um, and do things in a way where they could compute stuff across those tens of thousands of computers in a way that is safe and secure and respects privacy. And that was that was not possible 10, 20 years ago. That's really, really cutting edge stuff. And so the applications of it are actually just now being figured out. Um, but it's going to take a little bit, I think, for to cut through the noise and to actually see the next wave of software that comes out of this. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, I think it, you're, you're dead right when you say like, yeah, there's a there's a gold rush. And I think even just the, the nature of crypto, it, it is so easy to get set up. You know, you kind of just need to copy and paste still things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all open source that it kind of attracted, um, unfortunately, some bad actors as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, uh, that's kind of down to regulation and stuff. And hopefully the whole space can kind of mature and, and grow from that. But yeah, it just kind of frustrates me sometimes when, you know, you see characters like, yeah, Backman Fried or whatever, which has really nothing to, that's just one guy. It, it kind mm-hmm. of tarnishes the reputation of the whole space. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so let me ask you guys about NFTs because they, like, h- how do they feature in Niche? Yeah, you use NFTs as uh, the, the membership card to get into these communities. And uh, we actually use a lot of like very like crypto-y concepts. Every single community on Niche is a DAO, it's a Decentralized Autonomous Network. Um, and your membership into these and in fact, your status within these, whether you're an admin, moderator, top contributor, ever, are all represented by NFTs. But we don't say these words anywhere in the app. So you'll never find the word DAO. You'll never find the word NFT uh, because actually for the same reason we were just talking about, there is a bad association that happens there. And we just want people to focus on what is this technology offering them? Like, what can they do through this? What is the value they get out of it? Rather than these tech buzzwords, which might have a positive or negative connotation for them. Mm-hmm. yeah that, I, I can see where you're coming from there is it kind of um do you get like a double benefit you say kind of you don't want to associate with it as well but it, it, like to me oftentimes i find like crypto for people not used to it it, it can be a little bit intimidating and daunting like you mm-hmm. know when you go on mm-hmm. and i don't know even I, I always use the example like if you send someone to uniswap which is kind of a basic thing to do if you're used to crypto but if you tell someone like who's not used to crypto go to uniswap and you know open a wallet and remember their seed phrase and all this like it's kind of like a foreign language to, to a lot of people. So uh, like, is there a benefit there to not kind of putting these front and center and be like NFT, DAO, all these buzzwords? thousand percent. Yes. hundred percent. My my mom has a custodial wallet with NFTs in it and she can't even tell you what NFT stands for or, or what they even are. Uh, but she knows that it gives her access to the clubs on Niche. 
And that's all she needs to know about it. Like when we when we pitch communities and uh, uh, creators on on joining niche, we don't talk about Web three. We don't say NFT. We don't say any of the buzzwords. We just say like, here's the benefit it's going to give you. It's like a stable revenue source for creators. It's a way to turn your audience into a community. It's a way to really engage with people. It's a way to like uh, have an exclusive marketplace, uh, uh, stuff like that. You know, and that's that's what resonates with people, not not the tech buzzwords. Because uh, at the end of the day, I mean, like like we said, like who really cares what the tech does? As long as people get the benefit from it, that's all they really care about. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a great anecdote. I, I think that says says a lot. Like when, because that's kind of what it should be. Yeah, like it doesn't really matter what's good. It, it's almost like a similar analogy to what you used earlier when you talk about the Facebook groups. Like you don't look at the tech stack underneath. Like it really doesn't matter these things. Like as long as the product does what you want it to do. Um, I, I, I want to ask you. You mentioned there about the content creation and getting revenue into content creators' hands because this is always one big topic that's talked about that you know Web two is not very good at and that we need to change. So. How can you maybe talk, elaborate a little bit on that, and how niche can maybe improve on that? Sure, we're we're starting, I think, focused on uh, communities and creators first, rather than I think just like an individual person, because individual people are going to get pulled in, I think, by their favorite um, interests, their favorite communities, their favorite creators. Those are the people that are going to like give us that that magnetism away from. Uh, web too. So if we start with with them first and show them that this technology allows for us to like wrap social in a new way that gives them like new and unique ways to monetize their their community, they they get that right away. I think some of the benefits are specifically selling memberships in your club uh, through the NFT sales, which uh, um, the way the way we're structuring it to use uh, currency, <clears throat> we kind of absorb the 30% Apple tax. So uh, there's a lot of talk of, of buying NFTs and having them unlock uh, functionality within apps. We've we've thought through all that, um, so the the money goes to the creator in a more stable way. So it's they've got a they've got a way to now I think monetize an audience rather than having to shout constantly and broadcast really loud. Uh, otherwise, their their monetization dries up. So by by selling I think memberships in a new community gives you more stable revenue. It turns that audience now that you were broadcasting to into a real community they're going to talk with themselves it's going to be self-sustaining uh all the pieces of content that you post are like evergreen discussions it's not just expiring content so now you've got this like rich kind of interaction around uh topics and uh, uh pieces of content and and the creators themselves too uh rather than just having to go on there every single day make these goofy videos that are controversial just to get people to pay attention so you can maybe participate in the ad revenue like that's relying on like serendipity that's like trying to be a rock star or like a, a like a musician as like a career path you know it's like well sure if you work real hard like maybe but like the chances of you actually like being on the radio are pretty slim you know what i mean it's the same thing with with social media influencers the chances of you actually being like big enough or, or breaking into it to to be be self-sustaining financially is is so infinitesimal right so i think this kind of like levels that playing field and gives people a more like uh like a stable source i think of, of revenue in the first place yeah it's really interesting like and i know like you mentioned the apple tax even there like i've done a lot of work right i did a big analysis recently on apple and and you know how it's just kind of stifling so many mm -hmm. small companies and innovation and you know like and, and I think it's it's what we we hinted at earlier. Like it, that kind of line of thinking is almost becoming, like it's become super mainstream really in the last couple of years. You know that we need to start looking at these companies. But yeah, um, people but, people like all the, the big companies like Facebook and um, Instagram, uh, even like Match 
uh, Match Group, the, the the big dating conglomerate, they've all stopped working on like NFT gated anything because uh, of the Apple tax. They can't absorb it into their financial model. But like young, nimble companies like us can like plan our financial model around it rather than having to absorb that into it. So uh, it's just a, a fundamental perspective that lets us be a little more agile. Yeah, and and so when these creators like are earning revenue through niche, what 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 is that revenue denominator then? As in, like, uh, like how much, or or what does it what does it look like? What's what like the physical modality of it? We, we like we're still figuring it out, but probably USDC is what we're leaning towards. Okay, okay. Like, it'll be like so an internet token that's like pegged, right? Like like backed by USDC. Uh, so it'll only be like redeemable inside of niche. But then, like, uh, so you load up on these tokens through through fiat. We convert it to that USDC token, whatever. Um, so it's basically like an internal stable coin. Uh, and then you do all of your commerce, um, memberships, dues, buying and selling, marketplaces, all that kind of stuff. And then when you transfer out, there's like a small tax uh, to put into your wallet. And you can take it back to fiat. You can put it to crypto, whatever you want to do. Okay. So is there going to be actual, can, can you speculate on the price of the niche token? Or is yeah. that going to be... Pegged. No, okay, that's yeah, yeah. Okay. I see. It's like an internal peg. Yeah, yeah, it can't be like a security, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. So yeah, you guys are, are sort of like not a full cryptocurrency. It's more just like again, what you're saying. Like you don't want to put like speculation or NFTs or DAOs. It's exactly. just like you're just trying to. Exactly. Yeah, I think that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's like all the benefits of like a cryptocurrency, but being used as an in-app token with specific purposes. So you can't just like, you know, like do money laundering or whatever. Like it, it's, uh, it's all written <laughs> and it's like all put in that wallet. So, uh, you know, if I buy a bunch of stuff in a, in a club, all, all of those transactions goes in my wallet. And then I've got like a digital representation of a physical collection of things. Yeah. Yeah. I can see, see, see this. You're kind of leveraging the blockchain technology mm-hmm. without yeah. like taking a lot of the noise that, comes alongside a lot of these things mm-hmm. um okay well yeah i, I thought that, that was super interesting um but uh, wish you guys the best of luck uh definitely interesting project uh, what 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 is the just before we finish up like what what's the timeline here you said you, you're only building now do you, do you have a, a roadmap in, in place yeah we'll be uh we'll be announcing our founding clubs uh in the springtime probably around february march uh and then you'll be hearing more about us in like april may as we move to like a more like public launch Cool. Well, yeah, I'll throw some links in the description if anyone wants to check you guys out. And yeah, best of luck with everything. And thanks for coming on the show. Great. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Bye.